What's up, guys? Um, welcome to the first uh, sports podcast. I'm going to be going live with Coach Christy from New York Extreme AAU. Just waiting for her to uh, connect here. Hey, what's uh, up? Uh, what's going on, man? I'm good. How are you? Good. How's everything good, going during good. COVID? Crazy. Just crazy. Missing basketball, that's all. I know, but you keep busy. I love what you do with all the, the photos and the videos for, I mean, some of the top coaches and college players. Uh, you're, you're keeping busy, which which is awesome. Yeah, that's all we got to do now, especially since I, I can't be going back and forth to games and all that. It's just ridiculous. I know. I've been busy, too, with, with the kids. I'd love to see that, too. Yeah, it's going well. It's, you know, we're doing all we can virtually, this kind of stuff. You know, giving out apparel and, and doing the best we can do during this time, you know? Yeah, it's it's just tough, man. It's just like, it sucks. To, I know the kids want to get out there and play. Like, my younger guys are begging me to, to do something. It's just, I can't. It's just... I know. Soon, though, soon. Yeah. In the meantime, I keep sending your, your collages out. I know those are blowing up. They're so cool. I keep I keep sending them out to parents and players uh, oh, nice. with, with all your photography and the stuff you do. So thanks for doing that. No problem. So, guys, for those of you who are here and don't know who this is, this is Coach Christie, okay? She uh, she played D1 basketball at Boston, right? Yeah, Boston U, yep. Boston U. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself, Coach Christie? Oh, man. So, I went to Putnam Valley High School in, in uh, New York, you know, in the area. Um, I was – I played varsity for three years there. We were a brand-new high school. Um my senior year, I was player of the year, went through the whole recruiting process with, with my AU coach, who was phenomenal, and ended up at Boston U. Um, and at Boston U, I, I had a great experience. We had strong teams. We played in multiple conference championships. And my senior year in 2009, I'm old, <laughs> we, uh, we uh, were undefeated in regular season conference, and I led the nation in three-point shooting, which opened up some doors in Europe for me. Um, I was originally supposed to go to Venice, but it's weird. The rules in Europe are different. So, you know, how many Americans you can have on each team. So originally I was going through this whole process to become a dual citizen to play in Venice, which I was psyched about. Um, and then it was such a pain to, to get it that I, I had to leave and listen to my agent and take a, con a different contract in Germany or else I was going to miss out. And, and it was the best thing I ever did, just living on my own in, a, in another country. Uh, my roommate, Tyresa Smith, was is, she's one of the all-time leading scorers at Delaware uh, behind Elena Deladon. And she had a, a short um, stint in the WNBA too and, and had a long career in Europe. So um, it, it was incredible, uh, incredible experience. And I always thought I was going to go back. And then I came home in the summer and Extreme Hoops kind of started on accident. Um, so that's the short version. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I see like I when I first like seen you guys, like I actually my first game that I coached as a head coach for AAU, we played on the court next to you guys. And I saw you guys going off. I'm like, damn, what are these guys doing? Like, where? Like, <laughs> Far from, I don't think they're far from us, but I was like, I don't know where these guys are from. And the next thing you know, like, if we would have won the game that we played, 
we would have ended up playing you guys. And I'm like, I, I told my boys, I was like, guys, we got to work. I was like, we got to go. It's a small hoops world. Everyone's connected. And that's, that's so cool. I, I didn't even know that. And then here you are, you know, I know your JN sports podcast is a brand new account, but your, your other account is huge with all your, all your videos and highlights and, and photography. So small, small hoops world. We're all connected. Yeah. So like when you were playing in com like, what was your experience like playing in college and playing in pro? What what was it like? So I'll be honest, I was a little nervous. Um, my family, I have a big family. We're very close. Um, I was a little nervous going to school, but, you know, Boston was only three and a half hours away, so it was perfect. Um, and for me, when I took my visit there, I just knew. It was like a, it was like a city but a smaller, cleaner, greener, you know, city. And I, I loved the campus layout, which is not for everyone. Just a, a lot of freedom, you know, when you step out of your classroom and there's your restaurants, your grocery store, your CVS apartments. And for me, I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, and, and my experience there was great. Like I said, we, we got to play in um, several conference championships. We played some of the top schools in the country. Uh, UConn, Duke, Arizona State at Arizona State, Kansas at Kansas. And we went to a men's game the night before when they won the national championship. Um, you know, BC, Michigan, uh, St. John's, you know, we, our non-conference schedule was always great. Um, thanks to our staff and athletic department and our, and our conference uh, play. We were always, always in the top two, uh, you know, always in the top two or three up there. Um, so <clears throat> I had a great experience, um, with college and the transition to Europe was different. Um, it was different. It was the minute I got off the plane, these two strange men with these German accents picked me up and I'm like, oh my God. Um, and they brought me right to a room and I had to put on the Sar Louis Royals gear. I had to get interviewed in German, and then there was someone translating it next to me. Um, I have that video, I'll send it to you for fun so you can check it out. And then right away, the next day, it was practice. In the morning, we had guard skill work. In the afternoon, we had team practice, and the night, we had lift. It was crazy. Um, just a basketball world and culture, which I loved. And the, the skill workout was, was awesome because the European game, in my opinion, was a little bit fancier, a little bit more like the, the men's game in the NBA and now the WNBA. Um, and we were doing a lot of the stuff that now I'm, I'm teaching the kids. And now that you see in high school and, and college basketball and in the pros, you know, um, so it, it was a different transition, but a really cool experience. Yeah, like I, my, my dream, like I was, I was, before this all happened, like I was gonna go down to Italy with my family, because I have family in Italy. And I was, I said to myself, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna bring my camera with me, because I'm gonna ask around, I'm gonna be like, there has right. to be something going on over here. Like, something has to be going down in, the, in, in Europe for basketball or anything, baseball, soccer. Soccer's huge over there. Oh, it's huge. What was huge too was handball. I'm talking sold out arenas, like really? cheerleaders, drums, it was, Handball over there was, was like going to an NFL game. I, and, and we shared the same arena. Um, we, and so we played on different days and worked around each other's practice schedule. It was huge. But y your photography stuff, I, I posted that um, 
that link, your regular Instagram account uh, is so good. You should get over there and, and I'll connect you with some, some people too that, that I dealt with in Italy and Germany because you, your photography and, and your highlights and all the stuff you do is so good that you they would have a ball with you over there. Thank you. Um, like, now, with all this going on, what are you doing to keep the kids like ready for when it's time to actually like start up again? Yeah, it's tough. You know, the, the conversation about COVID is tough because on one hand, I'm, I'm super grateful and thankful that I haven't had anybody in my direct life affected by it. And I know people working in the hospitals and I have friends and family that, you know, see the other side where how serious it is and people are dying. So I'm grateful for that. But from a basketball perspective, it was the worst timing. I mean, this is the best time of the year, you know, college and NBA playoffs around the corner, AAU, the AAU live period, and then the WNBA starting. I mean, for me, I wish it happened, you know, I, <laughs> at a different time. And I'm sure a lot of basketball coaches feel that way. Um, my high school team had just won a section championship too, our first ever, a game away from the state final four. And they shut that down. So, so that was really tough, especially with, with three good seniors. And then all my kids, you know, 30 AAU teams anxious to get started after what I thought were our best tryouts ever. Um, for that yeah. to get shut down was, it's, it stinks. It, there's no other way to put it. You know, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. So I, I said, what am I going to do here? Um, and we started Zooming and we did a trial. And then all of a sudden you have 100, 200 kids on Zoom. And then I was like, we got to make this fun, too, because these kids are they're upset. They're missing hoops as much as we are. So we started doing TikTok competitions, Insta Lives with, you know, NBA guys, former coaches, former European teammates, um, you know, handing out Sunday apparel and trying to do whatever we can to keep them working hard, but also have a little bit of fun and a little sense of, of normalcy. So Zoom has been going great. We're doing that five days a week. Um, we did a TikTok competition. I just started another one. We we handed out free uh, custom Extreme Hoop sneakers for that. Um, which, which that was first cool. one you, was great. I love watching those. Yeah, it was cool. I can't wait for round two. And then just like I said, little things like this and bringing on guests and just giving the kids opportunities to talk to people in the basketball world and win apparel and do something fun outside of sitting on their couch, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we have to just... As coaches, like it's it's hard because all these kids do used to do is go from sport to sport to sport. Like now they're just home for two months now, and who knows like what they're doing home if they're practicing on their own or or training on their own. Who knows? Like we don't know. Exactly. We talk a lot about like like being a high school varsity coach too. You know, you have days of the week where kids don't feel well, or you know the weather's bad, or you know, they did bad on a test or they're fighting with their boyfriend or, or whatever it may be. And you get to a game and you get in foul trouble or things aren't going your way and just adjusting, you know, and adjusting and controlling what you can control. And that's exactly what we've done. We've adjusted to the best, you know, best we can. And the kids are working, man. I, I yeah. feel like we're in the gym and I'm, I'm ready to get back in the gym, but I think we've, we've done a good job of, of, of adjusting and doing everything we can to stay ready for when the courts do open up. Yeah, like I, I follow a bunch of programs on Instagram between like just myself being a coach or photography, and you guys work, man. You guys, I see you guys on there, on your videos on Zoom and all that. 
And I'm I'm just watching. I'm like, I don't see much of this. I'm like, right. I, I appreciate it. These kids are doing out there, like from other programs, but like, I see like the programs who work and then those who don't. And I'm like, I know who I want my kids to play when we get back up again. Yeah, no, I appreciate that so much. Yeah, like, uh, when do you guys think you could start up again? Like, I know I haven't seen them say like, hey, you could start soon, but like, have they said anything? Yeah, so we're starting like small, small skills clinics mid-June. Uh, hopefully, looks like right now June 15th, which is a Monday or the following week. When I mean small, I mean I have two full-size courts that we use as our home base at Solaris Sports Club in Yorktown. And they're, we're putting five per half court, like not per basket, per half court. So 20 kids total, one coach per basket, um, no 1v1, no contact, nothing like that. All skill work, kind of what we've been doing in Zoom and the skill training that we were doing at night when life was normal, just creating your own offense. And now that we can get back in the gym, at least we can start coming off screens and handoffs and shooting and yeah. doing it on a basket rather than in our living room. Do you think it'll be harder for you to coach during the now? Like, not like harder for you to coach, but do you think it'll be difficult for you to get back knowing that you can't do what you used to do? Yeah, it's different. It's like I said, just adjusting. I mean, taking away, you know, ha at least half, we'll say half of the game in a practice setting, you know, no live play. Defensively, sure, we can work on closeouts and slides and positioning, but we really can't go live with contact. Um, so it's just going to be adjustment and different, you know, kids are going to be anxious mm -hmm. for that competitive <clears throat> stuff. So we're going to have to make it competitive without, you know, again, going live. So whether that's, you know, makes and, and now competitions on the court offensively, uh, that's what we're going to have to do to, to keep them having that competitive side. Cause that's, that's what you're missing, you know, going live. 3v3s, two-on-two switching, shell drill, defensive breakdowns, you know, trapping and, and things like that. So The best um, part that kids love, they just can't do it for a little yeah. while. Yeah, I always mess with the kids. I'm like, everyone loves to scrimmage, right? <laughs> but now we're the focus is going to be on, on the offensive skill work and, and things like that, conditioning and, and the parts of defense that we can do. So there, there's positives to it and negatives. And, again, we're just going to have to adjust and, and roll with it. Yeah, for us, for us, it works out good. At least the kids won't be asking us to scrimmage anymore for a little right, while. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can't even use that word, five kids yeah. in the basket. So. Yeah, I mean, like, well, like, as a coach and as a player playing, like, pro and playing D1 college, what was one of your biggest accomplishments? Um, Let's see. In co you're saying college and overseas. So, I mean, uh, you know, things, many goals and many accomplishments. I mean, you know, beating St. John's, beating a Big East team, you know, going to the WNIT, uh, an undefeated conference record, um, things like that were, were, were fun accomplishments. Um, and then for me personally, like, you know, breaking the America East and Boston U single season record for threes. Um, and leading the nation in three-point shooting, things like that. I had some fun goals, buzzer beaters, and um, and then just the the fact that I got to play overseas because not everybody gets to do that. It, it's not as easy as you think. 
um, yeah. was, was an accomplishment for me, getting over there, being on a strong team, a team that was, um, I don't want to say it wrong, Euro Cup or Euro League the year before, and number one in Germany that had, you know, big time Americans on it. And those were all for me to pick one is, is tough. I just feel so lucky and blessed. And that's what has led me to extreme hoops and varsity basketball and now helping kids get after these goals that, that I got to accomplish. Um, you know, whether that's getting a division one scholarship, division two, playing basketball, period, scoring a thousand points, going overseas, whatever that is, now I get to help kids do that. Um, so I don't have one favorite, yeah. but, but uh, a, a lot of accomplishments that just, I'm, I'm very fortunate and lucky and, and feel blessed to, to have. Yeah, like, I, like, it's just, it's tough, like, it's crazy, because, like, there's so many different things that, like, us as, like, coaches or, or anyone, like, players, it's just, like, this world of basketball is just, like, sh strong, and it's, like, hard to, like, do what you want to do unless you work hard, and, like, now, I was wondering, like, what made you know, like, you were going to play D1 college or go further than that like what made you know like hey this is what I want to do man so I when I was in the sixth grade rec ball was co-ed back then they didn't have like a separate girls league and if you wanted to make playoffs you know you were supposed to have a girl on the team so so my neighbor my first ever basketball coach who was just a family friend who volunteered for Putnam Valley Rec Tim Kelly he said hey we need a girl you know I was an athlete I played other sports. My aunts and uncles had, had been, you know, all Americans in lacrosse and field hockey on the division one level. And they said, let's go, let's get Christy in. And I just fell in love with it. Um, you know, and for me, you know, it's, it's hard work. You, you hear it a lot and, and you talk to kids about it, but now there's all this other stuff, right? Social media and, and, and what we're doing now, when I played, it was, you know, go to the park, play with boys, play outside. We didn't have this stuff. I don't, I don't even think we had Facebook till I was a sophomore in college. I think that was it. Um, so I tell kids all the time, you know, you can talk the talk, but who's out there on the courts, you know, who's putting the time in. And when I knew, um, I, I did a lot of that. I was training, I was outside, I was playing with Hilton Armstrong who played in the NBA outside in Peekskill and, doing things like that. And, and when I knew, I, you know, my freshman year, I, I got recruited and played on a strong AAU team. And back then AAU was not as saturated. Like, like you had your top teams. Yeah. And, and we, we played against top, top uh, players and teams. I played against Elena Deladon, all those guys in tournaments. And I just, I got a feeling at that point in high school, playing at that level, you know, at Penn State or Virginia Commonwealth, where the big live periods were back then. And, and I just kind of was like, wow, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I had fun with the recruiting experience and, and playing with my AU teammates. So I don't know exactly when, but I'd say, you know, sometime when I was a ninth or 10th grader and, and we took that step up to higher level tournaments and the recruiting process started, I knew it was like really real then, even though I loved the game in middle school. Um, so the hard work combined with playing on the right team and, going to the right places and getting in front of coaches, uh, you know, help me get to that spot. Yeah. It, that's what it is. And I, like, like you said, like when, like you're, when you were playing basketball, we you didn't have Facebook. You probably didn't have Instagram. You were growing up, right? And <laughs> no, now, nothing. 
all these kids have now is really like they post to social media, they post to this, they post to that. And now they're not really trying to better themselves. They're just trying to get better than someone else that they see. Right. So like they're just working on skills that they see the other person has and they want to just beat them at it so that they could, instead of working on what they really should work at. Right. It has its pros and cons. I mean, it's opened up the door, you know, to getting to view workouts, getting to view moves, getting to break down. So, so social media it has its, obviously, you know, its pros. And then the cons, as you discussed, it's, you know, it's who's, who's sitting on the couch and, you know, stuck in their phone and who's out putting the time in. So I, I would say, you know, again, pros and cons, social media has opened up so many doors in basketball, connected trainers, connected people all over the world, gives kids access to drills, to breakdowns, to, to people all over the country. Um, and for the kids who are working, that that's great. Now, like, especially during a time like this, like, I was, I just got an alert on, uh, from ESPN yesterday, and, like, it was saying, like, they're pushing the dead period for recruitment till July 31st. Yeah, man. So they did a, they had a vote yesterday, um, and that's what they voted. So hopefully it's not pushed back again. Uh, but there is no July live period now. For 21s, I, I think it's really tough, you know, especially 21s. You know, there are kids that were being recruited from ninth and 10th grade and had been seen. And then there are kids that peak later or grow two inches or, or put in a lot of time and that need to be seen. So for some kids, it hurts more than others. Um, it, it's tough because you want to be safe, right? You don't want to put 900 teams in a gym like we were doing in Kentucky, in, you know, Chicago, in DC, and have people get sick. And then it's a domino effect and you start blaming people and things like that. But also, I think all of us are just we're just done with this. You know, we're done with sitting at home and not being able to play. So it's a fine line and it's hard to talk about as a coach um, because you don't want to negate how serious this is, but I'm just, I'm, I'm at a point now where it's like, okay, let's take some safety precautions and, and let's make this happen. But again, the, the people up top, the NCAA, WBCA, they're, they're calling the shots and, and there's nothing we can do. But we're hoping that in August and September, they at least have a couple tournaments for definitely at least the 21s because the 22s and 23s have time. Um, but, but the juniors who this is their last hurrah, uh, we're hoping for them. Is this cancellation of the AAU summer season like affecting any of your like junior players who could have gotten seen? Like... It definitely is. Um, we have, we have a really good 21 squad and we have some kids that have committed um, to so far, a couple of kids that have committed to division one schools. And then we have other kids that have offers D2, D, D1 and kids talking to all three levels. And like I said, there are some kids that as a sophomore, as a, you know, last year that really dove in and already established those relationships with coaches and were seen. And then there are other kids that, like I said, peaked a little bit later or grew two inches or had a phenomenal winter and worked their butts off and they need to get in front of coaches. So it's been some players it's been fine for and some players it's, it's definitely affected. And we are emailing videos. We are on Zooms with coaches, kind of what we talked about before, adjusting, 
and doing anything we can to help the kids navigate the recruiting process and make it work as best we can without missing opportunities because of COVID. Yeah, like uh, now when you said like your video in coaches, like you're actually talking to the coach from the school or like you're talking to someone in like the recruiting team? Oh yeah, so we're talking to college coaches, a, a lot of assistants, some head coaches every day. Uh, multiple times a day, and some of them, yeah, are, are communicating on Zoom with myself, um, the players, their parents. So it's really depends on the staff. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of phone calls and Zooms right now. Again, the, for the coaches, people forget how hard this is for them too. I mean, yeah. they they want to fill spots right in their class, and and they want to put their team in the best position to win and win their conference and go to the tournament. And they have to recruit now from video and email and from what they saw in the winter and last spring. So for them, it's, it's hard too, but it's, it's, everybody's got to adjust and everybody's in the same boat. Um, so yeah, a lot of Zoom calls and phone calls uh, every day <laughs> for hours um, with college coaches trying to help our 21s. And, and they are calling about 22s and 23s too, especially if their 21 class is finished. Yeah. So now, like, when it's time for the recruiting process, do you talk to the coaches yourself, or do you like have like the kids' parents, or like the, you do you want the kid to talk to the coach? Yeah. So we do both, right? I mean, every kid's at home. So if you're not reaching out to coaches right now, you know what, what are you doing? You know, you're you're at home. So we encourage the kids to send an email if you've already have a relationship established. Catch up, you know, check in, see that they're safe and things are okay on their end. And if you haven't established a relationship yet, we encourage them to introduce yourself, tell them what program you play for, um, give them a, a little bio and a highlight and a game film, you know, because they, they want to see a full game too, not just everything you do great and every time you score um, and put yourself out there because that's all we can do. Just like we can't get into a gym and we're doing ball handling workouts online. So we encourage the kids to do that. And then we are definitely, I am actively um, emailing out coaches saying, hey, you know, check out these kids. I think they'd be a great fit. You know, uh, you find out what position these schools need and, and you go based on that as well. Um, so it's a balance of both. Uh, the other coach in Extreme Hoops now, John Riley, that I work with, he was my one of my AU coaches back in the day, and he had like 250 kids go Division One before he retired. And I pulled him out of retirement because he, he's got a granddaughter in the third grade in my program now. Between the two of us, well, we're talking to coaches every day and emailing and doing what we can to help the girls as well. So they have to be proactive and we have to be proactive. Yeah. Now, like, I forgot to ask you, like, when we first started now, like, what made you decide to start coaching and start doing, like, New York Extreme? Yeah, so going back to Germany that we talked about, when I came home from Germany, uh, they were having some some – problems with contracts and trying to figure out money and things like that. But initially I thought we were going to go back. And then my roommate, Ty Smith, that I told you, she was a stud at Delaware. She scored like 1800 points there um, and played the WNBA very briefly before going overseas. She was like, Deanie, I'm not going back. And I'm like, Oh man. So now I'm like, lose, you know, thinking about that. And I got home and it was, you know, we got home in May so it's about to be spring and summer and people are asking me, hey, can you come run an AU practice? Can we give you, you know, X amount of bucks to 
come run a workout at the town park and I started training and running practices on accident. People were requesting and offering money and it kind of built into this, this little thing. And my uncle Scott, who played lacrosse at UNC Chapel Hill in a national championship and was big time, was like, dude, you gotta get insurance. You gotta get an LLC and you gotta, you know, you gotta do this the right way. Um, so it kind of started that way. I hosted my first ever tryouts that uh, November, like that Christ, you know, Christmas time, November, December, leading into the, the spring season. And I ended up with three girls teams my first year. Um, and then the second year I had 10 teams. And then the third year I had a little brother who liked basketball. So I'm like, hey, I'm gonna start a boys side for him. Then I had 15, then I had 20, then I had 25. And now we have probably about 14, 15 boys teams, 14, 15 girls teams on each side, um, third, third through 11th grade A and B teams in every grade. Um, and it just year to year just kept growing. That's crazy. That's great. Like, I remember following you guys a few years ago. I think it was like two years, two or three years ago. Yeah. And watched you guys like grow. Like, I'm like, I'm watching every year. And now you guys got an extra few teams, a few teams. I'm like, yeah. geez, you guys are just like putting a show on on the court. And now all the kids just go. And that's what it is. Like, if you don't put a, a team out there that could compete and win, that's, that's what brings the other people in. Right. Yeah. We try to pride ourselves on youth development and, and helping kids, you know, be the best they can be on and off the court. And so every year the trials would get bigger and bigger. And then you're like, how can you cut these kids and look how good these kids are. And then you have two teams in every age group and, and it just naturally grew. Uh, and like I said, I, I'm very fortunate and lucky. We have great AAU coaches. Most of them are former players. Um, and coach themselves and, and they love basketball and they're involved in AAU outside of their regular jobs because they want to coach and they want to help kids. So it's, uh, it's been great. So now like I see, like I've ever since I started doing like photography and everything, like I've been seeing like different things that I have, I haven't seen before. Like I see kids like dropping their commitment to a school that they had to go play or sign or get dressed to G League or something like that. Like now do you suggest like what do you suggest to your kids? Like if say say you one of your players came up to you and said, Hey coach, I'm thinking of dropping my commitment to a college and I want to go play in the G League. What would you what would you suggest to them? Yeah, it's uh th there are a lot of unwritten rules, you know, that are broken because they're unwritten. Mm -hmm. Um so for me, we try and help kids, you know, through the recruiting process and even after they're, they, you know, they're, they're in college, we try and help these kids so that they never get to that point that they want to do that. You're not going to commit somewhere if you play for me, if you're not 110% in, you know? Um, and I think it's a little bit more common on the boy side, you know, when you're talking about the, the G League and, and other <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and I think that that's, it's different because men are leaving school early all the time. I mean, how many women have done that, you know, um, and left early? I mean, look at Sabrina, who's now, a, you know, New York uh, Liberty baller, one of the best players I've ever seen, you know, ha had an option and, and stayed, right, at, at Oregon for another year, for her senior year. So for me, I want to try and help my kids in, in the process that that's not even ever an option in their mind. Because if you're committing somewhere 
and you're not 110% in, you know, and that's not the spot for you, then that's not fair to anybody. Um, to you, to up to the program, to the college program. So I think it's a little more common on the boy side and it, it's tough. It's, it's tough. I think boys get anxious. They want to, you know, go to the NBA right away. And so I, I don't know too much about that on, on the men's side, but, um, you know, I, like I said, I would just hope that kids are not, you know, putting themselves in a position where they're committing somewhere if they're not all in. Yeah, it's like, like, that's what I tell my kids all the time. Like, especially, like, I, like, when I first started being a head coach, I coached third and fourth grade boys basketball. Yeah. Okay. And uh, my friend, my good friend now gave me a spot coaching third and fourth grade boys. I said, oh, it can't be that bad. And I said, let me, let me see how it is. And, and uh, one of uh, the, my assistant coach that he gave me, she, if it wasn't for her, like, I would have lost it. I would have right. like these kids like they 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 twist you and they 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 get you going and like towards as the season went on I was like guys you gotta like commit you gotta commit you gotta commit because if you don't the older you get the, the less the coaches are gonna be as nice as I am to you at this age and I said you gotta show us that this is what you want and if you don't stay with it you shouldn't have done it from the beginning. Yeah, it's tough. You know, these kids, especially at the younger ages, they do everything, right? Soccer, baseball, lacrosse, basketball, guitar, piano, gymnastics. Um, so it's hard to be committed. And what we do is after the tryouts, we have parent meetings and we try and talk to the parents about that commitment because in order to teach kids properly, you know, when you're only practicing twice a week, whereas in varsity in college, you're going six days in a row, you need kids in the gym, you know, and you, if you want to implement defense the right way in your offense and, and, and go down that road of basketball outside of just the skill work, you need eight to 10 bodies. And then you have a practice where you have five or six and you're like, oh man, you know, we're just doing skill work. And again, that there's a time and a place for that. We warm up with that. We have separate training sessions, but the other part of basketball, the team part, um, you know, offense and defense. So I hear you. It's tough. And I don't have the answer yet. We try, you know, we have parent athlete contracts. We openly, you know, discuss these things and it's tough. I, we stay on top of the kids. We reach out, Hey, you know, where's Tommy? Where's Katie? Where's this one? And I don't have the secret yet, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, what we would do like when we had like a, a system where like, if you miss three practices, you would sit out a game or sit out a half. Yeah. And, like, it started working a little bit. Like, once they saw we were actually taking attendance for practices, right. they were like, oh, guys mean business. So we got to go to practice. We got to go here. We got to do that. But it's just, like, it also relies on, like, their parents, too. So, like, right. especially at the young age. The young age right. it relies on the parents a lot to uh, to bring them. Yeah, we feel like with our program that, you know, the commitment and, and it's financially too is a commitment to these parents and we try and consider ourselves you know a higher level program and, and what we're doing and where we're going and the brackets we're playing in is that if you're paying and you're and you're not bringing your kid then then you're what, what's the point of signing them up you know and I, 
We're very fortunate. Uh, I don't have too many kids that are missing two, three, four practices in a row. But at this level and at this point, if you are, you're not playing, you know. Um, or you're, I shouldn't say you're not playing, but your playing time is affected um, and things like that, being a starter. Um, so I hear you. I think those are good things. Uh, we have those rules in varsity. It's, it's a little bit more difficult in AAU when parents are, are paying and signing their kids up and you're only practicing a couple times a week. But I think that those are great things to implement. Yeah, and like, and as you say, like, it's it's always good to like do like all these different things to try and get the kids there, like working with them and making it fun. And that's what I've always done, like as a coach. Right. And it's like you have to make them want to be there. That's yeah. that's the other thing. Like if they if they see like oh we're going here, we're doing all this stuff, like we're not really learning the way we want to learn. They they just won't they just won't show up anymore and the parents will just take their side because they're like oh my kid just doesn't like it and we're not gonna do it right yeah we try and let them know in tryouts and before we even have the parent meetings hey if you're not committed to the spot just don't play <clears throat> because there's twenty other kids that we're gonna cut that want your spot so I hear you man it's tough it's tough yeah now like what is the what is the best part about doing what you do like Besides, like, coaching every day, like, what is, like, what is the best thing that like, doing, being a coach? So, for me, it's, one, I get to do what I love. I mean, how many people get to go to work every day and do what they love and what they're passionate about, you know? And I think that's really important, even if that's not basketball or not sports, you know? If you're passionate about science, if you're passionate about the law, whatever it may be, you know? So I think that's an incredible thing. And like I said earlier, is the people that helped me get to where I am, the people that helped me have the high school career I did, then the college and then get to play overseas, which is, is not easy, were my coaches, were, were just phenomenal coaches. So now I get to help kids, I mean, little kids from second grade all the way up through college accomplish their goals, you know? start on the CYO team, you know, score 10 points for my Tri-County team, make a JV team as an eighth grader, make a varsity as a freshman to start, to score a thousand points, to get all section, to win a gold ball, to get a college scholarship. I mean, the, the list of goals and things that these kids want is endless and I get to help them do that in a game that we all love, you know? So for me, what's better than that? Uh, and and it's just the the relationships that you get to establish and watch these kids grow over the years and with their families. It's just to me, there's just nothing better. Yeah. So, um, like over the years, like did you see like a progression in like the talent that you've been getting to your programs and like all the kids like that come to tryouts? Like, have you been seeing a progression since you since the beginning years of New York Extreme? For sure. For sure. Um, you know, when we first started out the program, like I said, we had three girls teams and then it was 10 and then it was 15 with five boys and then it was 20 and then 25 and then 30. And what happens is, too, is, you know, initially when we started, the teams were young. We didn't even go to live periods. Then you go to live periods and you send some kids to Division Two, Division Three, which is great. I mean, college basketball is college basketball, if we want to talk about the percentages and statistics of how many kids get to play, you know, at the next level on any division. And, but 
you know, just answering your question with the progression and evolving. And then the next year you send one kid to division one and then you get two and then people see the workouts and the success that you're having. They see kids getting better and then they want to come and, and come from other places. So it's definitely been a positive process. You know, I don't, we don't poach kids, but if someone's looking for a team and they're talented and they're interested, of course, we're going to, you know, pitch ourselves and what we're about. Um, and every year the talent gets better and better, man. And, and this year, the spring teams, I can't even tell you how excited I was, but I'm seeing these guys on the Zooms and I'm seeing these guys in the gym pretty soon here in June and helping the kids with the recruiting process. And I think with everything we've done and how we've adjusted, that's going to keep going and getting better and better. I don't think COVID's going to affect that at all. Yeah. So before we end, like what, what advice can you give to these players to keep them motivated, like to keep working or like, especially with the experience you have, like what advice can you give them like to survive in this basketball world? Yeah. A few things. One, you know, relax, you know, trust the process and, and enjoy it. I miss so badly playing with my AU team. I miss so badly, you know, stepping out on the roof for Ghana Serena at Boston University. I miss so badly stepping out into thousands of fans, drinking and playing the drums and all excited in Germany and, and, and playing, you know, teams from around the country and other countries. So just enjoy it right now and have fun and take a deep breath to start. Um, and then the biggest thing, and I talked to the kids about this on Zoom is, you know, you're going to struggle, right? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have bad days. Um, there's going to be ups and downs, whether that's, you know, playing, whether that's a shooting slump, whether that's in the recruiting process, whatever that means for you, depending on, you know, what grade and, and where you're at. And then that's okay. You know, I had my ups and downs, you know, just don't quit, you know, fight through it, adjust like we're doing now, right? Which we keep talking about that word adjusting. And that's the kids that are successful. You know, the kids that fight through that, the kids that embrace the struggle. You know, we talk a lot about before everything was shut down, we're in training. The other thing I really tell kids is don't just practice what you're good at. You know, I was an unbelievable shooter and, and, and still am. And I had to work on other parts of my game. You know, and, and I had to do things that weren't just, okay, you know, stepping into a shot, coming off the screen and popping. I had to create my own shot. I, I had to, you know, handle the ball, come off screen. So I tell kids, you know, of course, you need to work on the things that you're good at, but don't just practice the things you're good at. You know, growth is working on the things that you're bad at, too, and, and stepping outside of your comfort zone and putting time into all aspects of the game. Not just the, the, the pile of things that I know how to do, but the whole game, the other part too. So those would be the, the three main things I would say, you know, is enjoy it and have fun because I miss it every day, you know, and then just, you know, working hard and, and fighting through struggles and, and work. Third thing is working on things that you're not good at. Yeah. Yeah. So like guys, like it's, it was like, it's tough because, like, these kids, like, they, it, their parents really pressure them. Right. Like, a lot of kids, like, I've seen kids, like, especially at the older age, like, their parents are like, hey, guys, hey, like, you got to, like, step it up now. And, like, I even tell them, I'm like, guys, listen, I was like, you just got to do you. I was like, just right. go out and play you. I was like, if you're going out there to 
make your parents like ex, 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 pass their expectations, you're not going to play your game. Right. And if you don't play your game, I was like, you're not going to be able to get to where you want to be. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm fortunate. You know, I mean, with the amount of teams I have and, and 350 kids playing AAU, of course, there, there's a few. But I'm fortunate to have so many great families and parents in the program. And I'm not afraid to talk to a parent about that. That's part of the job, too, you know, yeah. um, to, to talk to a parent if you, if you feel like any of that is going on. And absolutely, you know, we tell them, again, whether it's right after tryouts or before a parent meeting, like, the kid has to want to be here and, and want to play. Um, so I totally totally feel you on that yeah so uh now like i just want to say like before we end like what was like the toughest level of play that your teams played at so i mean the how we kind of do it is you know we have an a and b team in every grade third through 11th um and based on the the level of the team is where you play at. And, and the younger guys, typically third through sixth grade, are doing more of the local tournaments, you know, the zero gravity kind of stuff, going down to Jersey, um, you know, maybe Boston. We've done Atlantic City. We did last year with some of the, the younger boys teams, but nothing crazy. And then the older teams, if you're an A team and on one of our lead teams, are more on the travel circuit in the live period. Um, so those teams, I mean, we've played everywhere and everybody. Uh, my boys' side, you know, they've gone to hoop group and played against mass rivals and teams, you know, Under Armour teams, Nike teams that have big time recruits. And then on the girls side, I mean, we go to Spooky Nook, Atlantic City, Kentucky Run for the Roses, Chicago Nike Tournament of Champions, a lot of the USJN events. And we've played everybody. We've played Nike YBL teams. We've played Under Armour teams, you know, Team Durant's. I mean, you name it. So, and we've played kids um, with scholarships and things like that um, every game, every tournament. So it's really team to team and grade to grade, but we've played on all the highest level of, of, of AAU that you could probably play at. Yeah. Remember my first year that I did AAU? We played in the uh, the Riverside Invitational. Yeah. And uh, our second game or our first game, I forgot which game it was, we ended up playing PSA. Oh, yeah. And like, PSA is no joke. I'm good friends uh, with those guys. They're they're a good, they're a strong program, and I've seen that they've been a strong program for a while now. And like, we came really close to them. Like we were with them. Like, we held with them. Like yeah. it was a good game until That's like. It's all about competing. You know, going out there and and just competing. You know, the the Cardinals guys are great. Uh, Coach Mark. He has uh, one of the 17 new teams. He, he actually brings them to me, and I get to train them. I'm sure you see Makai all over my stuff, yeah. uh, my page, who's committed to NJIT. And he's a local guy, so I've had a relationship with him um, for, for, you know, three or four years now um, since he was younger. But uh, great club, and, and that's what you want, right? You want to play against the best competition you want to play games that are competitive. You don't want to lose by 20. You don't want to win by 20. And the only way you get better is implementing what you do in practice against quality competition. So I think that that's awesome that you guys did that. Yeah, so like, now before we end, I just want to say thanks for coming on here, right? This is our first one, and I think it went really well. And I hope that the viewers, like, got something from it.
like especially since you played college and pro ball and all that. And I just want to like thank you for coming on to the sh on to the first episode that we had. No, I appreciate it. Like I said, I love what you've done on your reg, you know, your other account, your regular account with the the photos and the highlights and and things like that. Um, and we're gonna you know blast out this new podcast account and get all of our kids to follow it for you. And if you send me this video that we did, I will, you know, make something cool for you and, and we'll post it. And, and uh, I think it's great what you're, what you do. You just keep giving back to the, the basketball community. And, and this was awesome. So thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you. So definitely send this to me. Yeah. Um, send and uh, we'll get something cool up for you. And I'm going to keep, you know, putting your stuff up so the kids follow because this is great. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. We'll stay safe and we'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye.